for us and we are so looking forward to hear what you have to say. So maybe our first question, doctor, can you please tell us how these Noahide laws got signed into United States law system, what it means for United States Christian, Christians in Europe and all over the globe basically, because as I researched this, I found out that they're spreading through Chabad all over the planet. So can you please tell us what happened here in the United States? And you can actually start a little bit by yourself or whatever you want, but I'm going to give you a solo right now. Thank you. Uh, my husband, Bill Dannemeyer, was in Congress on the day that the Noahide laws were passed. And many people don't know what the law, Noahide laws are. They are completely uh, oblivious to what is coming down the pike. They don't know. Christians particularly are in the dark. And that's because they don't understand what's going on in the world. And one reason is, is that their churches are really run from behind by the Jews. And so the pastors and all don't know and they are not telling their parishioners. Here's what happened. And first, maybe we should go into what the Noahide laws do. Yes. Noahide laws say, one of the Noahide laws say that, um, that anyone who worships Jesus Christ is committing idolatry. Correct. Correct. And if you read the fine print in, on Jewish websites, you will find that idolatry is, um, the penalty for it is beheading. Mm, yes. So people do not understand this. Now, in, um, in about 90, I think it was 91, my husband was in Congress from 1979 to 1992. On the day that this bill was signed, he was actually on the House floor, and all the congressmen were told that that would be the last vote of the day before the Noahide laws ever came up. They were told all of the votes are over and you can go home. And so everybody did. Now my husband had no idea until I told him many years later because we've only been married 15 years and uh, his first wife died of cancer in 1999. And so he did not know until I told him that he was actually in Congress that day because I had been involved in these political things for over 30 years when I was first speaking out on the AIDS epidemic. Uh, I was, I operated on more AIDS patients than any surgeon in the country at the time because AIDS exploded in San Francisco and I was concerned about healthcare worker safety and when I was asked to be on many television shows and even asked to testify to Congress and to OSHA and all that, I thought that the government and all of these television shows actually wanted to know what was going on. Mm -hmm. But I realized that they didn't. They didn't want to know. What they were trying to do is to destroy my credibility because I was a professor at a major university medical school, and I realized that, that they didn't want to know. They just wanted to try to destroy me. So I got involved in the political scene at that time. Before that, I had no idea what was going on. So in the late 80s, in the early 90s, is when I really was kind of thrown into the middle of it because I was on a number of television shows such as 
Oprah Winfrey, Larry King Live, um, the Lisa Show, uh, many news programs, and eventually featured on 60 Minutes because I was the highest ranking surgeon who was involved in this business of AIDS. And I didn't understand also that what they were doing was promoting homosexuality. I didn't understand that at the time. And this is part of population extermination. Yeah. All right. So I, I, again, got my feet wet. And during this time, in the late 80s and early 90s, I was contacted by people who were at the lower level, sort of the um, secretaries and all that, of the Illuminati New World Order, who knew what was going on and were against it, but didn't want to lose their jobs. And they said to me, you have a forum for speaking and you seem not to be afraid, although the government has threatened my life. Uh, very, they told me, remember Karen Silkwood and they ran her off the road and killed her. And they said, remember Karen Silkwood, you're on that list. And uh, they also, in the place, in, in the place that I'm living right now, for a number of years, Every week there were black helicopters hanging over my house within 10 feet, shaking my house so viciously that it shattered one sliding glass door window floor to ceiling, shattered it completely. Mm -hmm. And they were so low that I could go outside and see the uh, pilots. And of course, I would just wave to them. And I kind of live out in the country, so I had no neighbors around me at the time. It was clear they were there for me. But... The thing is, the Lord is more powerful than they are, so you just keep telling truth. Yes. So I got involved in the political things at that time, and I started getting a lot of information from these people, including uh, letters uh, written privately in, in, within the Department of the Army showing which foreign country was going to guard which state in the United States when martial law was declared because they knew that it would be easier for people from other countries to shoot us than it would be to get American soldiers to shoot us. And so I started thinking, I, I was raised a Christian, but I, I left the church when I was in my early 20s because I could not get my mind around a God who was going to say, love me and I'll let you live with me forever, but if you don't, I'm going to torture you in hell. And so I thought, my parents would never do that to me, no matter what I did, so who is this God? And I found God, I'm not a member of any church, but I found God when I was on my deathbed with cancer, and, and I had no place else to turn. So I started um, receiving all this information, and I realized that this was right out of Revelation, Daniel and Revelation, and showing all of these things that are happening now. So that's how I was able to know more uh, than my husband, who was in Congress. And I realized from talking to him that the congressmen don't really know what's going on, except they know they get a lot of money from APAC, uh -huh. Israel lobby. <laughs> my husband never got any money from APAC. Okay. That, okay. that he knows of. And he, when they came to him two weeks after he became a new congressman and they came and they said, you know, well, when do you want to start your bank? And he said, I don't know what you're talking, what do you mean start my bank? Well, they all do, you know, you can make a lot of money, you start your bank and we'll take care of everything. He said, get out of my office. And, and his uh, colleagues, even though he didn't know so much what was going on, his colleagues would talk would refer to him as the last honest man in Congress. Yeah, but yeah. he was honest, but he was also naive because he did not know what the overall plan was. So 
when I found out that he was in Congress at the time these Noahide laws were passed, I said, you have to write an article on this. And so that's when he found out what was really going on. So the day that this was passed, none of it came up in the right with the regular congressmen. They were all told to go home. And then four congressmen stayed behind by themselves without the knowledge of anybody else and brought up this bill which was supposed to be a happy birthday for Rabbi Schneerson, who the Jews believe is, many of them, the Lubavitchers, believe that he is their Messiah. And he was 90 or something more than that at the time. So that was the cover for these laws. And then it says, it says happy birthday to Rabbi Schneerson, but then it says the Noahide laws are the basis of the government of the United States. Well, that's not right, but it says that in this law. It's the Ten Commandments that are the basis for the government of our country, not the Noahide laws. Amen. The Noahide laws are really meant to control the Gentiles. Uh, they don't want Gentiles to convert to Judaism because they look at us as the Goyim who are lower than animals or lower than scum and they don't want us to be a part of them because as the uh, Israelites of old they washed their hands all the way up to their elbows or maybe their shoulders in case they touched uh, the goyim the Gentiles in the marketplace and that's the way uh, many Jews feel today is well you know these goyim we don't want to have anything to do with them and so this is a way for the Jews to control the Gentiles just like they have Freemasonry. Freemasonry is the same thing. Freemasonry is run from behind by the Jews. The first three levels, the, uh, the lower levels of Freemasonry, people think it's actually a Christian organization, but it's not. You only find out that you worship Satan when you are asked to become a 33rd degree Mason. My grandfather was a 33rd degree Mason. But when he was asked to join and he found out they worship Satan, he said, you cannot be a Christian and be a, a Freemason. So he got out of the organization. But people don't recognize it. They are deceived. And this is the way they pull them in and get them sort of uh, acclimated to uh, what they're supposed to believe. So these Noahide laws then were passed and the one the one of the Noahide laws that is the worst one is the one I mentioned before. People don't understand that uh, yes idolatry is a bad thing and people say we shouldn't worship idols and all that but they don't understand that the Jews consider worship of Jesus Christ idolatry. Yes, yes and that's true we can attest to that. Yes. You know let yep. me if I can real quick I just want to make a couple of comments because you hit on some important things uh, and some of the viewers should know this already from our own news broadcast when you mentioned about how and I had no idea that the homosexuality was part of the depopulation agenda but we also see that even Benjamin Netanyahu is paid the gay community in order to do the gay pride parades in Jerusalem it's been going on now I guess 17 years um, and that's supposed to be the holiest city on the planet Earth, and yet look how evil it's being done. Uh, and then also, when you, I really appreciate what you say about how the government's controlled, because uh, I spent seven years in the CIA. I never spoke about it till just recently, 
And uh, I, I knew firsthand, both Democrat and Republican, although I knew that there were some in there that were good, but um, there was a major indictment going on, uh, or I should say a subpoena of politicians' records uh, when I was in uh, by uh, a committee that was investigating the power companies in the southern parts of the states there. And I knew, I knew these congressmen and senators and what it really was, it never came to light. It was money laundering of drug money. But it was, uh, and these were Democrats, and yet the Republican new president, H.W. Bush, in 1990, took and covered up the entire thing so that the public could never know about it. And of course, I knew people that were being killed just to silence them. Uh, very prominent people in the community that were that were that were murdered to make sure that their their voice never came forward. So I can appreciate the danger that you are in. Uh, and likewise, because of my own past, they have already told me before that uh, my number is coming. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention, too, is when you were talking about APAC uh, and how that your husband was approached, and I, I so much appreciate his stand. Uh, I was looking a little bit uh, at Dr. Cynthia McKinney, the former congresswoman, and uh, she had spoke out publicly on this issue. And so I sent her a letter asking her about possibly coming on with us as well. And she wrote me back and she said, what? She said, I actually watch your program. And uh, so that was kind of nice. So I, I just wanted to throw some thoughts there. And yes. you were going to say something? No, I actually wanted to talk about Cynthia McKinney, but uh, I want to, for Dr. Day, I want her to continue her story. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, this, so this is amazing information. Yeah, amazing. And Thank you. Please keep going. The day that it happened, your husband was there. Yes, and again, he was told to go home. He had no idea that this law was passed, and they passed it by, guess what, unanimous consent. Oh, do you know the name of these four congressmen that, that passed it, that were, that were present? At I, I do. They're in the, they're in the article. In that if, you, if you go on the Internet it's, uh, and look for, you know, just type in, in Google search, now the government can legally kill Christians. It is posted on the internet. I think it's under the, um, I think it's under the uh, website of uh, Deanna Spingola. Uh, mm -hmm. I was on her program and she published that. My husband had it on his website, but uh, somehow it, it was not, it was not the government taking his website down. It was the person who was um, involved with it forgot to pay the bill and then his website was down but there's no reason to put it up because he's disabled now anyway and I put everything on my website so I have that information on my website now let's go back a little bit to the homosexuality uh, aspect of this I have a book called who wants homosexuals dead uh, now it's a very controversial title but the whole point of that title is that anyone who promotes homosexuality wants them dead, whether they like it or not, because it's such a self-destructive lifestyle. Right. Now, I took care of thousands of homosexuals in San Francisco, where homosexuality just exploded, all right? So I know what they do. They are not just like us, except they like the same sex. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And I show that in my book. The, uh, I have a multiple choice question on the cover, 
who wants homosexuals dead? Is it the government? Is it the New World Order? Is it uh, homosexuals themselves? And then I show, or all of the above, and I show that anybody who promotes homosexuality actually wants them dead. The uh, life expectancy of a homosexual compared to a heterosexual is 30 years shorter. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. They're years shorter because, and we all knew, the doctors at San Francisco General all knew that before AIDS came along, <clears throat> they were a community waiting for a disaster because of their sexual practices. If you have, if you have um, sexual relations with 100 people in a night, okay, now you say, well, you know, that's impossible. No. Gay men have more partners than straight men okay that's what they do and a lot, this is the, the dirty secret that's not talked about about the uh lgbt's uh community you know the rampant sex partners with the gay men okay and they suffer from all types of disease you know um they have the grown men that have to wear diapers because they can't control their stool they suffer from mouth gonorrhea all types of stuff and this is what's being pushed on, so on society. And when you talk about it, people get mad at you because it's the truth. Oh, if you're the receiver, it's not impossible. All right. We knew the bathhouses were just debauched sex uh, buildings. And, yeah. and they, were, they were just destroying themselves. They had all sorts of, they had gay bowel disease, they had hepatitis, they had all these uh, diseases long before AIDS came along. They were just waiting for a disaster. And so we knew it. And when we went to the, uh, the owners of the bathhouses, who were also gay, and we said, you know, you close these down, we've got AIDS just going everywhere, close these down to save your fellow homosexuals. And they said, hey, look, this is good for everybody. We make money by having the bathhouses open, and you make money by taking care of their disease, so we all win. Wow. That Jeez. is their <laughs> Now, in this book, I also show, I give pages and pages in this book of homosexual organizations, and I show that a Jew runs every one of them. That is unreal. Like, like 9 11, just like 9 11. Yeah, just yeah, like they are behind right, right. everything. Every, you everything. Know, let, let me clarify here because we are Jewish with my husband. It's um, Zionist Jews or evil Jews because there are some Jewish people that are very honest and good people and they don't agree with all this. So, but you're we're, right. We're I a mean, minority. We are a minority. minority. And even yeah. Israel, there are a minority, but there are a minority that. That want uh, equal rights for the Palestinians yeah. and uh, and recognize the crimes that have been that are they're being done continually and have been done. And I, if you uh, uh, come across names like Mikol Peled, Eran Efrati, all of these men, they are Jewish, but they came to United States to warn American people, and they love Gentiles, and they come to warn us. Uh, against their Zionist government. So, yes. Uh, let me say going. one thing real quick on Gentiles because this is so important to understand. And as a Jew and as a Chabad Jew of all, you know, being of the worst of the worst in, in my past, I know how 
it is spoken of the Goyim on a continual basis, but yet at the same time, to every one of my Jewish brothers and sisters that listen to this broadcast in Israel, I need to remind you that when the Eternal Father spoke to Abraham, all right, he said that he would be a father of what? Rabba Goyim. Many, Many Goyim. Not, we translated nations to try to throw the Christian off, but it's Rabba Goyim. All right, so the Goyim are his people, yeah. and we're Goyim as well. No and different. Goyim is a kind of derag, not a very nice word. Yeah, but, it's um, not used nicely, but it's not a bad word. It's exactly, just but Abraham that, was not a Jew, so that's no. the main point. But now, let's go back to Dr. Day. Yes. I don't want to... <laughs> I want to <laughs> give her a solo, because it's really hard when we go uh, everywhere. So. As I say on my website, as I say on my website, there are good people in all ethnicities, and there are bad people in all ethnicities. I am not against any ethnicity. God doesn't give a rip what our ethnicity is. He only cares, if, one thing, if we're for or against him. That's all he cares about. Are you with him? Are you against him? So I am not against any group. I am against the bad people in every group. So that's what we have to fight against because this is not a war between Jews and Gentiles. This is a war between Christ and Satan. Yes. Yes, and that's what we have to remember is that this started in the Garden of Eden. And people talk about how Christianity came out of Judaism. No, it didn't. Christianity was the very first religion. It's in Genesis 3, I think it's 3.15, where as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, God promised them a savior. He said to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, which was Eve, between your seed, evil, and between her seed, which was Christ, and it shall bruise your head, and thou shalt bruise his heel, yes. Christ's heel. Okay, so there is a the beginning of Christianity. It was in the Garden of Eden. Yes. Judaism <laughs> didn't really start. I like uh, that. I like this. This is a very beautiful uh, way. I've never heard that be said like that, that but yes, I like it's, that. Christianity began in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And so it was the very first religion. Yes. Judaism Judaism came from the Pharisees. You know, when, when, um, when Jesus was on earth, the true religion was in the temple. That's where people brought their sacrifices, and Jesus referred to it as my father's house. Right. All right? So that's where God's presence was. Well, across town, the Pharisees, the enemies of Christ, who called for his death, were setting up the counterfeit religion. Yes. It was the synagogues where people came in and sat down and heard a sermon by man telling them what to believe about God. All right. So that and that has continued on with the churches where people come in and sit down and have a human being tell them what to believe about God. Abraham didn't go to church. Isaac didn't go to church. Joshua didn't go to church. Jeremiah didn't go to church. Moses didn't go to church. Nobody went to church for the first 4000 years of human history. Nobody went to church, all right? <laughs> yeah. But first God directly, and that's how we should be. There should be nobody in between us and Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. That's it should be. And so, anyway, back to, let's just do a little bit about the homosexual thing, because that is part of the uh, population extermination. As you well know, the Jewish elite... Not, a specific, not particularly the rank-and-file Jew, although many of them are raised to think they have the right to rule the world. Um, 
see, there, there, in my mind, there are three groups of Jews. There are the elitists who, who really don't care about the rank-and-file Jews. They just use them for their own purposes. They don't care about them any more than they care about us Goyim. They don't care. They don't care. They, you're expendable. You're expendable. All right? So they're the elitist Jews. And then there are good Jews like you people who are exposing these people who are so wicked. And then there's another group who are the Sionim who are helping the big Jews do what they're doing, like be in the passport agency and getting a false passport for an assassin that's being brought over. So there are three groups, all right? And so, uh, and there are some who, who write to me and say, oh, you're doing a terrible thing, you know, exposing this. I said, and they admit that there are some bad Jews at the top that are doing this. I said, why don't you spend your time trying to expose them rather than trying to shut me up when I'm trying to expose them. So, so there are all of these. So homosexuality and lesbianism and the whole uh, LBGQ agenda is a Jewish thing. And it's meant for population extermination. When I say Jewish, I mean elitist Jewish. Right. That, right. that is meant for population extermination and sexual debauchery. They want to get everybody into the lowest degenerate situation they can be in. Uh, pornography and prostitution and, and, and uh, slave, uh, you know, slavery, white slavery and uh, sex trafficking and all that. So uh, homosexuality is part of that. And so is abortion. Abortion was started by uh, Margaret Sanger, who was Jewish, Planned Parenthood, and mainly to destroy black babies. They say that right in their in their information. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the number one cause of death in America is abortion. Yes. It's abortion, 1.6 million. And, and it's interesting you mention this because in Israel, the same thing when they passed, they, they upped the law under Netanyahu to go all the way up to the third trimester of abortions. And in the debate itself, inside the Knesset, they were debating to population control of the Palestinian community because at first the Orthodox community objected to the third trimester saying that you're targeting our people because we produce more than what you do. And when the government assured them, no, we're trying to control the population that we do not get outnumbered in our voting system here. And so it is clearly a, an, an objective to take out Palestinian and uh, you know, and of course the Bedouins, the uh, Ethiopian, Jews. any 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 other group that is there in the nation other than themselves. Of course, of course. And so this is again, uh, if you look at not only the Noahide laws, but if you look at the um, Georgia Guidestones, you're familiar with the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, yeah, we've been there and made a program from right from there. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and, and of course they talk about eliminating about five and a half billion people, and that's going to be us, you people who are exposing them, people like me who are exposing them, that's what they want to do. When I was getting all this information from the low levels of the Illuminati, they told me that my name is on the red list. They have a red list and a blue list of the government. The red list is when they declare martial law, they pick the red list up for immediate extermination generally by beheading. They have guillotines now in all the FEMA camps. And uh, they want to do it in the most horrible way uh, to frighten 
other people to keep their mouths shut. And um, then there's the blue list. And the blue list is for those that they will pick up and take for re-education, forced re-education, because they think they can, they can uh, change their thinking and they'll go along with the new world order. But they know those of us who are on the red list, <laughs> uh, we're not going to change. And so they just have to kill us. I'm sure but, you're on the red list. We were told we were on the red <laughs> list by one of Obama's Secret Service agents. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, they do have a red list and they have a blue list. And I've been on the red list for a long time. So, But again, <laughs> you know, the whole point is, as I say on my website, goodnewsaboutgod.com, I say, um, uh, telling the truth is more important than saving one's life. Yeah. Always telling the truth. Yes. And yeah. if if they if I die, I will at least have died for truth. Right. And Jesus said, "I am the truth." Yeah. And that's the only way we really know truth is to know Jesus Christ, because He is the only way that that can get our yeah. mind open, so we can discern uh, lies from truth. So homosexuality and abortion are both part of the plan for extermination. Now, so is the environmentalism. Mm -hmm. Environmentalism is all part of that because they now can do earthquakes uh, wherever they want. And and this whole global warming, uh, you're aware that the global warming was where they're saying that carbon is bad. Well, the plants need our carbon dioxide in order to make oxygen and to stay alive. But they're trying to tell us how bad it is. And they're starting with the companies, the major corporations, where they have this whole uh, a Wall Street-like brokerage agency cap and trade where they are assigned a certain number of carbon units these companies so they can pollute only up to a certain degree but if they need to pollute more they can buy unused carbon credits from another corporation well the reason that this is very important cap and trade is very important is that they don't really worry about the corporations because they own them this is a ruse this is a ruse to get people used to the understanding, supposedly, the lie that carbon is bad for the environment, even in CO2, and to get people used to corporations having a certain number of carbon units, because it won't be long until when a child is born, that child is assigned a certain number of carbon units they can exhale. And when they reach their maximum, then the euthanasia truck will come around. That is the real point. This is their, this is the whole thing of environmentalism and global warming. That's this is all what it's about. End game. Did you? This is sick. <clears throat> this is sick <clears throat> and insane. But this is really just about killing people. That's about it. Straight up Satanism. All right. We're in for a, a, a world of hurt, folks. A world of hurt. Hear that now Bill Gates is running this thing in 2019. They're going to block the sun rays. They're sending something. Yes. Right. Yes. So, yes. you, you need know, we sun. need sun. We need, you need sun. sun. Vitamin D. You as a doctor, you know this. Not only just vitamin D, there are many things the sun does. Uh, in my books, one, one book I've got called, I Will Give You Back Your Health Again, which is actually a promise from God. And uh, it shows that sunlight decreases the size of internal cancerous tumors. Yes. Number two, it decreases stress by decreasing a, 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 a 
compound called cyclic AMP. It, um, it uh, boosts the immune system and it turns your, uh, it, it forms vitamin D when it hits your skin with the blood running through your skin, it forms vitamin D. So the sun is absolutely necessary. You can't grow a healthy garden without sun. You can't grow a healthy human being. Sunlight, by the way, as long as we're talking about, is not the cause of skin cancer. Right. Sunlight is not the cause of skin cancer. First of all, in 1900, 75% of Americans worked outdoors and there was no skin cancer. Right. Now only 10% of Americans work outdoors and skin cancer is everywhere. It's, it's, it's destruction of the immune system, by the way, we're living, eating, and handling stress that is causing cancer of all sorts, whether it's uh, skin cancer or any other kind of cancer. So, so again, the whole idea of global warming, which now they call climate change because global warming doesn't work anymore when we have more snow than ever before. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, where's Al Gore when we need him? Of course, Al Gore, I'm sure, is Jewish, too, because... I don't know if people know it, but I saw when he was running for president, I saw one of his gatherings and he had in behind him, behind him on the stage was the word that you could barely see, goy. Oh, wow. Talk about, you know, being out present, goy. It was in a shadowy thing behind the stage. And, uh, you know, Al Gore's daughter married Schiff's grandson. So clearly this is all what it's all about. So, um, so anyway, this, the, the, their abortion, uh, cap and trade, um, homosexuality, the LGBTQ thing is all part of population extermination and, and vaccinations, of course, vaccinations. The, uh, now the autism rate is about one in 40 when there were no autistic children when I was young, none. And in 1962, there were about three vaccinations given. By, by 1982, there were about 13 or 14. Now it's up to 52 or 60. And these things are just killing children. By the way, um, they give a child a vaccination in the first 24 hours of life, a hepatitis B in the hospital. Well, that is just murder. That is murder for the child because you know what the incidence of hepatitis B is in a newborn, unless you're born to a hepatitis B mother, it is zero. Yeah, because you, you can what? get it through sex or you can get it through an infected mother. So when is newborn going to have sex? And they're giving boosters at five years of age. So no, the incidence of hepatitis B in the general population, in the general heterosexual population, is something like 5% in adults, and that's almost all healthcare workers who get needle sticks and drug addicts. Makes sense. And in the heterosexual population, in the homosexual population, it's up around 70% because of their uh, promiscuity, all right? So a baby, unless it's born from a hepatitis B mother, which the doctor would know about ahead of time, there's chances for a baby to get uh, Hepatitis B in their first five years or in their first 15 years or in the first 25 years is almost zero. So this is nothing and a baby has no immune system. It has no immune system. So they are injecting this child with poisons yes. Yes. at a time. This is murder. This is murder. That's what it is. Uh, and this is all part of population uh, extermination. So uh, this is what homosexuality is all about. And I talk about in my book, who wants homosexuals dead? I talk about 
the and I, I knew a number of these people. I knew some of the gay activists, and there were some that were reasonable, and they, they still died of AIDS, but they were friends of mine, and and they knew I was telling the truth. And so, but I was, of course, just bashed by the homosexual community. Uh, there were times when I was operating at San Francisco General when the administrator would send in armed guards to be with me because the homosexual community uh, was going to shoot me, all right, because I was exposing their lifestyle. So, uh, you know, I've had many threats to my life, and they sent me AIDS-contaminated needles uh, through the mail. So for a time, all of my mail at San Francisco General had to be x-rayed. And uh, they said if, if I didn't contaminate myself with these needles that they sent me, that they would follow me every place in the world that I went to speak and would inject me with AIDS blood in an elevator. And so, you know, these, these are the kind of things they were doing. And, um, and so they talk about, oh, they just are a loving community. No, no, they're full of hate. They're full of hate. If you expose what they're doing, I wanted, I wanted them to be tested so we would know what our risk was. But I also said that we would be tested because they wouldn't want uh, an AIDS doctor operating on them either because we get stuck and we could bleed into them. But, but you know, I was considered a hate monger and, uh, and uh, a homophobic bigot. What they didn't know at that time was of the four people who worked for me in my academic office at San Francisco General, three were gay men. I hired them because they were the best for the job. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how could I be a homophobic bigot? You see, they just would accuse me of that for their own purposes. And they would do that on television when I would be on these television shows. So Stay tuned for part two.